0: Mangled clumps of metal. The aftermath of what, police what the police men had been on patrol here in Castle Street when the shooting happened. timer, Albert Cooper was killed instantly when the booby-trapped estate car was loaded. The, the IRA claim contained two pounds of Semtex had been planted UDR underneath Timmer's car. was hit car several times in the,
1: the upper body. Three hundred and two members of the RUC were killed by terrorist action between
0: 1969 to 1998. As a police officer, can I just say that I'm numbed by the brutal slaying of my two colleagues. And at this particular time, our thoughts and our sympathies are with the families.
1: The lives of 198 members of the UDR were also taken, with a further 62 killed after they left the regiment.
0: Born had left the left regiment to spend more time with his family. You know, he was effectively a civilian. He was mur- murdered in front of my, myself, my, my, my younger brother a of work.
1: They all left shattered families behind. Widows, widowers, parents and children. And for that seven and a half years that I had my dad, I have so many happy memories. And then obviously when daddy was murdered, then that was taken away from us. What was it like growing up with a relative in the security forces? Were children aware of the risks? And what's it like to lose a relative to gunmen? In some cases, in front of your eyes.
0: His head was bandaged. And it was really... It was the first... It was the first dead body I'd seen as well.
1: I'm Kirsten Elder. I spoke to four people who had lost family members during the Troubles. They told me about their loved ones and how they died, how they feel about that loss and the peace process.
0: Right Pieces of the Good Friday Agreement, you know, I find quite unpalatable. You know, like watching, you know, murderers get out of prison.
1: In this episode, I spoke to David Hallowell, whose father was murdered in 1983. A 35-year-old RUC officer.
0: It hey, my father, John, John Hallowell. And it was a community relations police officer, and on Friday morning, and um, as I said, we were off school, and the three of us were sitting in the living room watching Tump of the Pops, stuff that recorded from the night before. I can still remember the song that was playing. It was Kesha doing "Life of the Big Apple," and just strains of your reverend, your know, faulty deals like again. But we see the reverend walking up you know the side of the house, and was go, "What's he calling for?" and the next thing I heard, like, it Couldn't call the screen, but it was just a noise from the hall. And my mother, with the Reverend, and she was crying, you know. And he... I said, what's wrong, what's wrong? And he said, "Your father's been injured in the shooting. You know, just the shock of that. And then I asked him, I it was four times, you know, is he dead? And eventually he said yes. So I still think about it now. I thought it was strange that he just didn't send a day, but I suppose it was difficult for him to be in that situation. And really, yeah, the rest of that period was based what passed in the of the funeral we father was buried. As I say, we were in the in then. He's buried in his home village of Bound the Mallard in, in Sadair graveyard. So coming back down to Fermanagh for the funeral and then going back, back home again you know but uh the actual incident it's enough you know here that he went to and it was doing a, a house call with a you know a community worker in ballymore and on the city side and on Derek and then and he was there for about 15-20 minutes but by the time he left the house uh that was gone then we had, and they would in this car and we got away a short distance but uh, the car crashed and, Unfortunately, he was then murdered, um, 35 years old, and three children, my young wife, 30 straight. I was 13, my sister was 11, my brother was 9.
1: So the Reverend had called to tell you about the death of your father, and um, you, your brother and your sister were all planning to go to a school disco. Can you remember what happened next?
0: Really, you know, what? it was a blur of activity in the house. You know, I can remember people calling, you know, uh, police officers and, uh, you know, police service neighbours who, who were also in the police, who were there, obviously thinking about near the air to support And, you know, well, there was there was just so many people calling. That, you know, I'm thinking, what's going to happen next? You know, what are we going to do? you never even thinking of that. What are we going to do to it? Even then, thinking, you know, how quiet, how different the house was. You know, everybody was all smart, that's the way it was going to be.
1: So you were talking about your dad's funeral. Do you remember that day?
0: Oh, yeah, vividly, you remember that day, you know. Um, very cold, very cold October day. <laughs> um, back down the road, you know, I remember, you know, the journey from Lodendary to, you know, to Fermanagh, and, then, you know, and all the police standing at the pennear. It seemed to be every junction you passed, there was a policeman sleep in the coffin as it went past. But then we went through to Valley, and I remember, you know, sleep being given by a member of the public that just wasn't as nice, you know, just giving, giving us figures from the way past. I just remember, seeking, you know, feeling hatred towards that person. But, you know, they didn't know us, they were just... Giving the fingers for the, something they the seen that wasn't for the hip. And, um, but at that time, you know, you, you know, it's just, I remember that that image of this, this woman giving us the fingers and the white pads. You know, it was just it stuck with it. It
1: was at this funeral when David saw his father in uniform for the first time.
0: His head was bandaged. And it was really, it was the first... It was the first dead body I'd seen as well. And it's just, you know, I have that image now, you know, of Dad and his, in his uniform. And when I look at his uh, photograph, you know, his official photograph that would be taken when he joined the police, and always just brings my mind back to that image I have in my head
1: like were you like to you know tell people what your dad did or
0: yeah well i was never told not to tell anyone so it was never he was never an issue for me you know it's supposed to tell degree thing that when i was quite proud of you your dad's a policeman you know he, he was well thought of love in the community you know people were always chatting about his nickname was doc i was young doc you know so people were always chatting about him and you know I, you know, moving on, sort of, you know, through sort of life, you know, you still meet people who have memories of him. You know, he's, he's dead, dead yeah, before the years this year. But there's still, slowly, you know, there's people you meet, and they would say, "Oh, I knew your father, and I worked with your father, and he was a gentleman." You know, it fills you with joy, you know, when you hear that. We hear the nice like that.
1: How did your How did your mom cope then with that? Easy.
0: Father's very, very strong, you know, and still is to this day. But I can remember her saying to me at the time, you know, this would be the the House. I can remember thinking about it at the time, you know, if one member decides to remarry, I wouldn't like that. And, but you'll think it back on the night, you know, my well, I was 33 years old, you know, she has, she never met anyone else. She's, you know, she's always just been there for us. It was probably a big sacrifice on her part.
1: Do you think things were different for you growing up as a child?
0: I knew my father was a policeman. You know, That fact was certainly never hidden from us. Growing up, it didn't really impact us. We didn't really think about it. We knew there was a gun in the house. That, that was in a, a spot in the wardrobe that was very rarely carried. I always, you know vague memories of my father checking under either this, uh, the transit van that he used for work or certainly his own car. Just big memories of it. I, I must have known there was an element of danger, though, um, when I was in America. Um, I went away with a group, you know, for six weeks to a family, and I was interviewed by the press there. And I must have been asked the question, you know, is it dangerous for my father? And I said, no, it's not as dangerous as some policemen. So I must have had a knowledge of danger. But it's not something you stuck to me in the day to day, you know, up in me, and my kind of psyche, you know, wouldn't have thought about it.
1: You you seem to have um, taken on a role that you kind of wanted to help help others, and you were able to kind of keep keep yourself grinded, You know, does that with that? Yeah, uh, and
0: just suppose, Yeah, I would help my issues, but you know, we all like we all do, but you know, I I, I always. I so, thought, you know, I'm not going to let what's happened to my father define who I am. You know, it's, it's happened to my father. You know, it's, it's part of me, but it doesn't define who I am and what I do. You know, I always, growing up, wanted to be a policeman. When I come into that age, where I could, and, you know, I did say to my mother what I wanted to do, and she says, well, whatever you want. And, then, you know, I did, I went ahead and jump into the police, and, a career of over twenty just on twenty nine years. You know, so yes, helping people, you know, it's, it, it was a family thing to to me, you know, uh, I certainly certainly did. Slow me down a wish to, to do that. You know, so when I, I turned thirty five I was an accident and I was working about, you know, as I was stationed down at dotted down and back again. And I remember and I've never I Prior to that I'd never been to the you know the scene of the murder. So I went back, nailed to the scene of the murder and, uh, and laid a, a poppy cross at the scene. Uh, I can't imagine if I would have stayed there too long, but you know, I felt I had to you know mark mark that that date for myself. I suppose then you start thinking about your own mortality and all that. Which is I suppose it's different in this case, you know, my father didn't die naturally you know, you know, his life was taken from him. His birthday was, was two days after me, you know, the 20th of February. You know, he'd be 75, you know, a big milestone, you know, and those things like that, you know, you never get to see or to experience. You know, never got to go out. Even just the small thing was sitting in a bar and having a like, well, dad, you know. Things like that, the for anyway. How, how nice that would have been. You know, I go do that. Football match or something, you know, never if was, it wasn't to happen.
1: huge concern here in Oma tonight. This gun attack took place at this sporting complex behind me on the edge of town at around eight o'clock tonight. The target, a police officer. We understand it's quite a senior...
0: It brings back, you know, the... uh, you know, the pain and memories of, you know, my own situation at, uh, you know, aware that John's son is 13 years old, same age as I was when my father was murdered. And I know what I can remember, so we can only, I can only you know speculate on, on, on what John's son um, is going through at the minute. You know, I wasn't present at my father's attack, whereas John's son was. And I had, it must be truly awful, you know. It must be truly traumatised by the event. Well, the Good we Friday Agreement I supposed to be starting I did vote yes. I couldn't see any other way forward in this country at the time. However there's pieces of the Good Friday Agreement you know, I found quite unpalatable. You know, like watching, you know, murderers get out of prison. And it's probably the one time my mother's ever made any comment on that. She's saying she's so glad they didn't catch who shot my father, because you'd have to watch them get out of prison now. But well, I suppose it took it at to that time to get this country back to some sort of normality. I And I was trying some sort of normal day. it's certainly not perfect.
1: We were talking about the Good Friday Agreement. You know, do, do you feel like the Good Friday Agreement has helped other people, you know, other 13-year-olds, you know, and um, other ages, you know, stop? having to go through, what,
0: what do you have? Um, no doubt, you know, there, there are other people who haven't had to suffer, you know. Like there was no sign of um, you know, you know, the situation in Northern Ireland changing at that time. It was just going to perpetuate and keep on going. Yeah, you know, there's always going to be families, you know, being torn apart through ill violence. Having, you know, from one side. So I'm sure there's a lot of people are are here today that would have been here today, you know, because of the good friend you agree with. You know, but thinking back on it now, it's an imperfect piece, but I probably would have still voted for it, you know, if it happened. Because, you know what, it has to be better than what was happening at that time.
1: We were in a very, in a very dark place.
0: Yeah, and, and, and you know, when you see any you know, with the incidents like John Caldwell and Ronan Care. It, it, it suddenly makes you think, you know, do we really want to go back? You know, do we really want to go back to that? You, know, you know, how could we put up? How do people support? You know, that taking away the choice, you know, of somebody whether to will ever not. You know, it's been said recently that they had no choice but to resort to the to violence. they had the choice, you know, they had the choice to either protest by political means or whatever means. But, you know, they they took away the choice from individual to life. You know, in in any any society that's wrong, That's totally wrong. Like, you're taking away the choice from another. Um, And, you know, to stand up now and say, you know, this is wrong, you know. The attacks are wrong. I'm glad to see that. Ever stand up now and say the attacks in the past are wrong too? You know, does it just suddenly stop being wrong at a date and time? And you feel it's wrong, right? No, you know, innocent people being murdered or in violence, you know, on an innocent person is never right, no matter who perpetuates.
1: This episode of the Bell Tale was produced by myself kirsten elder the clips you heard were from ap and the bbc
0: when you get an irish independent digital subscription you don't just get access to the news at your fingertips for a limited time you'll also receive a 75 euro o'neill's gift card So what are you waiting for? Get the whole kit and caboodle. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish Independent. Terms and conditions apply.